Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. You know, there are all sorts of things in life that can go wrong. But one thing I know, when I put my head on the pillow at night, I know I didn't kill today. And so no matter what mistakes I make or what trouble I have, it all pales in comparison to the notion that one could go through a day doing great things and having a great time and having no problems but in the process, killing innocent beings who didn't have to die. So with that, I want to introduce our incredible guest today, Shoshana Castle, who is the author of Rethink Food. She interviewed a lot of doctors. And Shoshana, take it away. What did you find? Thank you so much. And I just want to add to that regarding the violence Uh, That was one of the impetuses that drove Amy Lee Goodman and I to write Rethink Food, simply because we cannot and will not participate in that violence. And whether a person says, okay, I'm a peace-loving person and I don't participate in that violence, well, we do, because we pay someone else to kill that animal that we don't see that's suffering and being tortured, but we see that killing on our plate. So we, it is a direct relationship with that violence. And it's uh, the world, as you said earlier, uh, is we're normalizing violence. And this is a, a tragedy in our society because the conscious mind of a human being is, is not a violent person. I mean, we do have hope. So what is the disconnect? What has happened to our society where we're pushing away suffering so far away and we're in denial of that suffering to where even with the news today showing it with all the videos from PETA, Humane Society, Mercy for Animals, we're uh, immune to that torture, but we see it on our plate and we say, mmm, delicious. So Amy and I in great detail spent thousands of hours trying to understand how we can make that impact, make that difference. So we actually wrote two books. I mean, this is the meaty truth, so it actually is very different from Rethink Food, 100 Plus Doctors Can't Be Wrong. This is about the environmental issues as it destroys from CAFO's concentrated animal feeding operations and the 113 billion animals that are killed annually in the United States of America that's destroying our soil, our creating air pollution. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But we decided because so many people talk more about their heart they bring, they want solutions that are closer to their family, that a book such as Rethink Food would get them closer to understanding the suffering of animals, but how they can also alleviate and prevent the leading chronic diseases in their lives because people are attuned to, oh, my cholesterol level is high. Oh, my GI tract is all messed up. Oh, my granny has Alzheimer's. So you're right, but why do they? Why? When there are thousands of medical doctors, and we interviewed hundreds of them from all around the world, the top most distinguished medical doctors are in Rethink Food. And they attest with hard evidence that plant nutrition, the phytonutrients in plant nutrition can actually reverse the leading chronic diseases, not to mention prevent the leading chronic diseases, but the phytonutrients, those that army, the Navy SEALs that we have in our bodies that are actually combating all those free radicals that are in animal tissue. It's in our hands. It's in the apple, the oranges, the eggplant, the nuts, the grains that we eat. That is our our food source that protects our bodies and feeds us nutrition. But the meat and the dairy, aside from the fact of all of the suffering, to reach those people to awaken and enlighten their minds to all aspects of food. Rethink Food was was written to bring to their plate that relationship between simply food uh, and the leading chronic diseases. Was that a short answer? Yeah, no. Uh, Let me ask you this. What are specifically 
the diseases like heart disease and cancer that eating plants can prevent. And we don't want to talk about cures for cancer because, you know, then all the government agencies jump on you. But we certainly can talk about prevention. And in heart disease, we could talk about reversing heart disease because one out of every four Americans will die of heart disease. Every day, I hear an ambulance racing by me. It, two fire trucks just came to our house the night before last. Generally, they're not responding, not our house, but our block. Right. They're not responding to fires. They're responding to people who are keeling over from yeah. heart disease. What is the connection between oh eating gosh. animals and heart disease? It's a direct relationship. Now, uh, the evidence is clear. There are cardiologists all around the world that do not debate this. So not to get too, too sexy, but we have endothelial cells. So we have 60,000 miles of veins and arteries in our body. I mean, that's an intense number, right? 60,000 miles. And in that, we have our precious endothelial cells. So it's the lining. Now, There is no debate from any doctor that inflammation is the genesis of virtually every leading disease. There is a lot of arachidonic acid. There's a lot of uh, inflammation that comes from meat and dairy. These are fiberless foods that have zero phytonutrients. So when we eat uh, meat and dairy for any meal, within 20 minutes, we can experience inflammation in our veins and in our arteries. And so with that inflammation, we can get a plaque, we can get plaque buildup. We can also have plaque moving and roaming throughout our body. And with that, blood clots try to heal that plaque that comes only from animal tissue, and which includes dairy, which includes uh, every type of cheese, which includes every type of yogurt, for example. Actually, cheese is 11 times more potent because it's a much more concentrated, never mind all the hormones, which actually does have a behavior for plaque buildup. But cardiologists are um, can describe in our cardiology section, which we have about 11 expert, very distinguished cardiologists from Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Cornell. These are plant-based medical doctors that are into prevention through plant nutrition. They describe that with that inflammation, there is a narrowing of our veins and our arteries. And that is due from the bad fats that are consumed in meat, any type of meat tissue, including the white meat and our uh, dairy products that we're consuming. So this is the result uh, of all of the heart disease that we're seeing today. Additionally, inflammation is causing our GI tract today to have just a tremendous amount of uh, epidemics of diseases, which is related to our immune system as well. So the GI tract is very affected by what foods we put on our plates, those foods that are inflammatory, once again, meat and dairy, that have bacteria, pathogens, viruses that literally breed in our gut. Did you know, guess how many, I want to ask you, take a guess. How many bacteria do you think we have in our GI tract? Billions. No, That's 100 trillion. I watched the show Billions last 100 night. 100 trillion. 100, trillion. 100 trillion. Because the, the medical doctors, including Lily Link, uh, there's so many of them in the uh, gastrointestinal uh, chapter, state that we've got about 100 trillion bacteria in our GI tract from top to bottom. We need the good bacteria that fights and fends off disease. But when we input our body with the bad bacteria, which come from meat and dairy, uh, it's a breeding ground. And our Navy SEALs, being our immune system, become confused and they get worn out. And we're seeing this epidemic of autoimmune diseases today, which, you know, 100 years ago just didn't exist, 50 years ago didn't exist but it's because we become consumers uh, of being meat-centered uh, eat, meat eaters, basically. Uh, so all of our systems are inter- interconnected. One cannot exist without the other, right? And so we have to look at our bodies as a union. And with that, we need to include the food that we eat as union with our bodies. And are we healing ourselves? Are we harming ourselves? But additionally, that animal 
in the factory farm is being fed pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, infesticides. Where do these come from? They come from their food being sprayed with these uh, carcinogens, these chemicals on their food, on their corn, on their soy beans, which is unnatural for their digestive system. So then we give these animals digestives to help them with the digestive. Then we give them anxiety pills to help them because they're in itsy bitsy cages where they cannot turn around. And then we give them antibiotics and fillers and you name it, the list goes on and on. But when they go to the killing house, because we have to face the reality, they are terrified when they go through that slaughterhouse, they produce massive quantities of adrenaline, of endorphins, and that's a toxic. It can actually kill us. So that is in their animal tissue. So when we consume that animal tissue, we are indeed consuming like an arsenic. And by the way, arsenic is legal. Uh, I mean, they, they eat arsenic. So with that, that animal tissue that has zero fiber, and our bodies require fiber to push out those toxins that our body naturally produces daily to get them away and bring in the good bacteria once again. Uh, that is all interconnected. So that union, we need to pay attention and see and not deny what really we're eating, what's really on our plate, including the suffering. And there was this mystery, ooh, outbreak where people were getting sick in hospitals and they were getting, um, they had to clean out the whole hospital room. And this was just recently. Mm. And at the same time, I listened to Jane Goodall talk about the fact that so much, the overwhelming majority of the antibiotics produced mm. are fed to farm animals that yeah. we are creating germ resistance, bacteria resistant oh bugs. So and we're seeing it in the headlines. Yes. I attended a meeting with uh, the head of the CDC a couple of years ago at the Aspen Ideas Institute, and he was almost shaking. What he said, and there's no denying this, because the scientists, and I know a lot of them, like Dr. Aisha Akhtar, who is in Rethink Food, and it's about pandemics. The question is not if we're going to have a pandemic that can wipe out massive populations. The question is when, because those superbugs are becoming so resistant to... Uh, antibiotics. So when we do need an antibiotic, we are uh, not going to be able to fight off that antibiotic. I'm on TV right now, live. Close the door. Hi. That was somebody coming in. I'm glad you're having problems on your end too. That makes me feel better. <laughs> so it, it's uh, so this the gentleman I believe his name is Tom was shaking and said that in the CDC they are furiously trying to figure these superbugs that are breeding all around the world today, but where do they come from? The majority of superbugs come from CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations. Because in nature, when you take all these animals, hundreds of billions of animals, and you put them really close together in these confined quarters, when they're eating their feces, literally, they're breathing ammonia. Toxicity is rampant. Their eyes are burning. Yes, well, it's true. Uh, pathogens, viruses will multiply and they will mutate and they will breed and will eventually consume them and we won't have antibiotics to protect our bodies. So it's a real problem. It's, it's a critical issue and it should be addressed. Now, people who are plant-based, who are not consuming the animal products, will they be less likely to develop antibiotic resistance? Absolutely, without a doubt, because our body, our immune system is healthy. It's charged and it can better fight those bugs. Not to say that we're immune to it, absolutely not. Absolutely not, because we don't know that relationship with that master warrior virus or pathogen that's being bred and what it's gonna to do to our body. But what we do know as uh, having massive quantities of phytonutrients, phytochemicals, all those healthy hormones that we're feeding our bodies with a GI tract that's super ultra healthy and ramped up with vitality, we can better fight that battle, absolutely, without a doubt. So you are a very intelligent woman. You've written two books, and you uh, go to these conferences. Why is it that the best and the brightest, which, by the way, was an ironic title, 
of how the best and the brightest basically got us into a, a, a quagmire that cost you know many 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 lives all all the United States and in Vietnam. But the best and the brightest was sort of sarcastic, like the best and the brightest often don't know what the hell they're doing. And, you know, so we try to get this message out, almost like I say, back in the old Soviet Union, where people would surreptitiously uh, print out flyers trying to get the truth out because there was censorship, because there was a repressive regime. It's kind of like that today when we try to talk about the impact of animal agriculture. Even Al Gore doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, you know, it's the really inconvenient truth. Mm-hmm. We are here, and you know, people like to knock Facebook. Let's give Facebook a shout out along with Voice America Radio. Yes. They're allowing us to even talk about this. Okay, we wouldn't be able to get this information out to the public if we didn't have social media and independent radio stations because mainstream media is not talking about this. They don't want to talk about it. Why look at the advertisers, meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals? You you put on cable news, it's almost exclusively meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals. That's their uh, bread and soy butter. <laughs> That's why so, grassroots is so critical today. And we know it's capitalism. And I'm not saying I'm not a capitalist. It's not capitalism. I'm going to argue with you. Okay. I have nothing, no problem with capitalism. Right. This is corporate socialism. Ah, okay. The meat and dairy industry is being subsidized by the U.S. government. $38 billion. Yeah, billions of dollars of subsidies. The average hamburger that costs a buck or a buck 50 50 would cost $15 or $20 if it wasn't being subsidized. Raising animals is expensive. Anybody who has a dog or a cat knows that. Yes. It's the most wildly inefficient food source ever invented. This isn't capitalism. This is corporate socialism. And I make a really big point because they try to make us out to be these radical leftists who want to, you know, uh, have a communist society. No. You go to these veg fests around the country, you see mom and pop capitalism, husbands and wives, mothers and daughters. Yes. Of friends, sisters, producing food, producing products that are cruelty-free. That's capitalism. Mm-hmm. What's happening today is not capitalism. The uh, big pharma, which has more lobbyists, I think, than any other industry, mm-hmm. um, and big ag have their thumb on the scale, and they own these members of Congress, yes. a good number of them, yes. to the point where Democrat, Republican, liberal, and conservative, they're all beating their chest about the farmers instead of asking, A, um, what is the climate change impact of all this so-called farming, which isn't really farming the way we envision it. It's keeping animals in concentration camps. That's exactly what it is. And then the genocide. So, so talk to us about that. Well, so for me, it's a, what is the solution? I want to look at the solution. No, no, what I mean is about the big powers that be, the CDC beating their chest, shaking when they talk about the superbugs. Well, if they're smart enough to analyze all this, why can't they figure out that, hello, superbugs, 70, more than 70% of all antibiotics fed to factory farm animals, kept in concentrated conditions. Uh, they, they they know the truth, don't they? Oh, no, they do. They do. So the 408-page report titled Livestock's Longest Shadow that was written by the United Nations was released about 10 years ago, and it was a big deal. Um, it really pushed back the industries, you know, the meat and dairy industry. But the CDC is also, you know, at the, their mercy. They're just a, a research team. They've provided that information. They've come out with it. But it goes back to the subsidies, that marriage between government and uh, the meat and dairy industry. And they're strong and they're almighty powerful. So how do we break them? It's not consuming the product. Because I actually don't think they're going to change. I, I think, you know, you're seeing Tyson move into the purchase of uh, plant-based meat. Well, they want to participate in that revenue stream. Really not from, in my opinion, not from the heart that, oh, we loved our chickens and our pigs so much that we're going to move into oh, pea protein. Don't, and- even, don't even say it sarcastically. Right. I mean, a company that systematically massacres and tortures 
many millions and then over the years billions of animals. No, they don't care about animals. I mean, this is Orwellian. And I'm not talking about any particular company here. I'm talking about the industry in general. They literally have things up about their animal welfare standards and how, oh, animal care is our biggest concern. Hello, you're killing all of them. Well, actually, I mean, we're not here to talk about the media truth, but that's what I cover in the media truth. It's about the concentrated animal feeding operations. And as it relates to uh, our water supply, our land, the soil erosion, the dead zones, According to the CDC, depends. It changes from year to year. There's between three to 10,000 people yearly that die of E. coli, Escherichia coli, Cryptosporidium, Listeria, Salmonella. But there's about 100 to 200,000 people that are hospitalized from getting very sick, so sick they need to be in the hospital, from eating feces. So Escherichia coli, Cryptosporidium, that's a nicer way of saying feces. That's the manure. Let, the me, let me say this. Uh, Tom Vensel wants to know, should we feel safe about huge corporations buying non-meat protein sources? And that breaks my heart uh, that a plant-based company would sell out a percentage of their ownership to uh, Tyson or, or Smithfield. I that disagree. I disagree. And this okay. is great that we can have a lively debate. I don't care if the word vegan is ever uttered again. I am not trying to win a word. I'm trying to stop animals from being killed, the planet from being destroyed, yes. and people killing over from heart disease, cancer, et cetera. If it takes big corporations buying all these companies because it's mainstreamed, and the economist said 2019 is the year veganism is going mainstream, then I'm all for it. I mean, these are just companies, they're like boxes. It's what you fill in the boxes. And it for every plant-based product that they start buying up and then promoting heavily and using all of their skills to get people to buy these products, they're getting them to buy those products as opposed to their original product, which is meat or dairy. So I'm actually in favor of it because right now those companies are using extraordinary manipulation skills. And I'm talking about companies in general. I'm not targeting any specific company. And I invite any company we discuss here or don't even mention on any time. But they use uh, subliminal marketing techniques to equate eating animals and dairy products with upward mobility, sex appeal, family values, keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, oh, yeah, fitness, every other damn thing. And they literally... Just whip this up out of thin air. They whip it up out of thin air with um, advertising teams and actors and spend millions of dollars to do this. If they're going to turn around and spend millions of dollars to do the same thing for um, non-meat products and non-dairy products, which actually would be more truthful, yeah, you know, you could equate vegan products with fitness, with uh, patriotism, because if we all ate plant-based, we'd save this world from ecological collapse, and that includes the United States of America. So it's the most patriotic thing you could possibly do to go vegan. That's so actually, point. my feeling is if, if these uh, massive corporations start veganizing, I'm all for it. Well, I like your point of view. And I agree. I just have a few worries, which I won't get into, but I understand that transition. So if they can just simply eliminate fully and entirely 100%, and that's part of their transition, and they're going to be faithful and loyal to uh, promoting a plant-based lifestyle, I'm all behind it. But if it's strictly for the revenues and they're not going to um, advertise or they're going to start manipulating and, and comparing and taking control of our food sources even more, it worries me a little bit, but... Um, that's why I think it's important for people just to quickly understand that they need to, overnight, starting with the next meal, eliminate uh, meat and dairy, arachidonic acid, inflammation, feces from their plates, and put the healthy phytonutrients to empower themselves with vitality, brain power, uh, eliminate suffering of animals, help return our soil back to health, uh, our dead zones and our Oceans that are killing our fish. I mean, our, our oceans are a dumping ground with all the nitrogen and phosphorus and everything that's all the fertilizers, the runoff from the chemicals that are being used on oh. the land for the food for the animals. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a vicious circle. And here's the thing. You know, I was in Florida and Fort Myers. You couldn't go swimming at Fort Myers Beach because the Caloosahatchee River had an algae bloom and it went into the Gulf of Mexico. And where do you think that's coming from? It's coming from agricultural runoff. And yet all those folks down there, they're voting for the people who don't want to put any ecological um, concerns at the top of the list. And they're all eating animals. So at, after the uh, North Carolina uh, hurricane, Florence, mm-hmm. we held a news conference. We were part of this news conference where we told everybody these concentrated animal feeding operations where literally millions of animals died and were described yes. as live inventory to be replaced Tragic. by U.S. government subsidies. Tragic. The news stations came to the news conference, recorded it, and never put it on the air. That's called censorship. But what they did put on the air were barbecues for the victims of the hurricane, when it's actually the barbecues that are creating the climate change that's causing the hurricanes. Now, we have to ask ourselves, are we a monumentally stupid species? Well, I just want to add something to your your point about um these, these spills, these manure spills and the suffering of the animals. Did you yeah. know, you remember the uh, Exxon Val- Valdez spill in Alaska? Yeah, people would call me Exxon Valdez. That was my, Exxon Valdez, that was my nickname for a while. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, because my name is Jane Velez Mitchell, and some producer <laughs> decided to call me Jane Exxon Valdez. Well, which I don't look at you as an oil spill. I look at you like as a beautiful flower. <laughs> but did you know that there was a spill twice almost twice the size of Exxon Valdez spill that didn't even make really the back page of any newspaper. And do you know what that spill was in North Carolina more than 10 years ago? It was a manure spill. It was a manure, the Lee's Lagoon. Don't, don't mention company. Pardon me? Oh, I said don't mention any companies. No, no. no. Uh, but I mean, I don't remember the, how many years ago. However, this cesspool, these lagoons that spilled, made their way into all the waterways, the lakes, the streams, the rivers, eventually to the oceans. But it killed just all life in its pathway. And it wasn't even talked about. It's in this book. But uh, this is common practice because we have about 5,000 major uh, lagoon cesspools of manure that dot the uh, environment, our landscape of the United States of America, and their self-regulated bodies. I mean, our municipality is very highly re- regulated, right? We flush the toilet, we know what happens. But these cesspools have about 113 times more crap than feces than human feces, and it's open air. They are sometimes eight times the size of a football field of manure, and they break and they bust loose, just like with the North Carolina, the hurricane busting loose. Where does that manure go? It eventually makes its way to our spinach crops, to our foods that are grown. That's why we hear of the peanuts that killed somebody or the spinach salad that killed the family. It's not the spinach, it's the E. coli, the feces that made its way to that spinach salad. And anybody who thinks about it for more than 10 seconds realizes we're 7.6 billion or 7.7 billion humans, but we're raising and killing. The estimates range from 56 to 70 land billion land animals. Some say it's a lot more than that. When it comes to fish, it's in the trillions, but let's just stick with the land animals. Right. Anybody who has a dog, and I have chihuahuas, they all go out and they poop every day, okay? Mm-hmm. A couple of times a day. Think about how much bleep, okay, starts with an S, ends with a T, that cows produce. Yes. Okay? And there are many more of them than there are humans. And yet, while we're regulating human feces, we're not carefully regulating cow feces or pig feces or chicken feces. And it's literally being sprayed into low-income neighborhoods that adjoin these concentrated animal feeding operations, which is why the news conference was held in the wake of uh, Hurricane Florence, because people said, you know what, it's horrible, but it was horrible before Hurricane Florence. They're literally spraying bleep into our yards. We can't walk out of our houses. We're getting sick. Right. 
And yet the news media, the news media did not air our news conference. That is called censorship. Wake up, people, because let me tell you something. If you are, you know, all these people, oh, yeah, vegan. I could never be vegan. Oh, God. Oh, what do you eat? You're just literally regurgitating the brainwashing that you have been indoctrinated with on television. Okay? That's literally, you are you have become a robot regurgitating what you have been trained to believe. Mm-hmm. Now, America is all about individualism. We, we make up our own mind. We're, we're unique. Nobody tells us how to think and how to believe. How does that, that doesn't, that doesn't dovetail with people just literally marching in lockstep because some people, billionaires in Manhattan are getting even richer because you're eating really crappy food and then getting diseases so they can sell you pills and operations. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the equation. That is the formula. You're right. You laid that out, which is why, uh, the ind- individuals, for the most part, we tend to work as communities and we are either leaders or followers. But I think today we need to educate. So it's all, it comes down to education right now so that people could be courageous enough and confident enough to take those leaps to say, okay, I'm going to say no at that family affair and I'm not going to eat meat. Now, I might be the only one there, but I'm going to do that because I'm now informed and I'm empowered and I want to eat nutrient value foods and I don't want to participate in the suffering and I am going to eat all the colors of the rainbow and I'm going to have fiber foods and I'm going to drop the pound, my excess pounds and my eye vision is going to be better. My hair is Hair is going to be shinier and my GI tract is going to be loaded with, you know, sexy, great bacteria and on and on. And I'm going to rid my uh, heart, those coronary arteries of plaque because the 15 experts in breathing food have described to me and I believe in them because they're preventive, uh, preventative medical doctors and the GI doctors. And so Alzheimer's, I mean, come on, Alzheimer's, that's a big issue. And they're really, there's a lot of information today out there in research that's showing that relationship between meat and dairy and Alzheimer's. We we know that. Yeah, there's so many people. I mean, I have a personal friend who's involved with Jane Unchained who, you know, just lost her mother tragically. And she had begged and tried to get her mom, you know, to, this is a a common family story of people trying to save the lives of their loved ones, trying to get them to eat plant-based. And it's a struggle. And then they're, devastated when they lose their family member despite trying to save their lives because of the indoctrination. Well, I'll tell you what. So when Amy and I decided to write Rethink Food, it had to do with the deciding to, on the most intimate level, not participate in violence. And it also had to do with helping educate people as we were struggling to educate our friends and family members to go plant-based to reverse their diseases. So I had family members that had severe diseases like cancer and uh, loss of eye vision, and her sister was very, very sick with rheumatoid, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. When we put them all on these plant-based diets, literally, and they were cured. Curing means you don't see the repetition of the, the symptoms at all. The symptoms were removed, equal cure. And we witnessed so many people that healed themselves of these rampant diseases that were debilitating their bodies, including my mother. Her eye vision returned. She had just a little, my mother had just a little bit of meat, just a little bit of dairy, almost all fruits and vegetables and legumes and grains, my mother. That's how she ate. But when she did the little bit that she did, she didn't need eye surgery. She thought it was a miracle. She was like, oh, it's a miracle. God came and saved, you know, gave me vision. And then she started listening to Dr. Baxter Montgomery and some of the other doctors that had biochemical backgrounds. They studied biochemistry and they were able to describe to her in great detail these plant uh, nutrition doctors that know Mary, that's my mother's name, it's the inflammation that was in your eyes, that little inflammation caused by the arachidonic acid, caused by the acidity from meat and dairy, because meat and dairy do cause inflammation that uh, went away. And with that, your eye vision returned. And with that, Amy's sister, Jessica, her joints became healthy again. And she was able to play tennis, I believe, I think in college, where she, they said she was going to be in a wheelchair. She was 12 years old. And the doctors, so many doctors 
said to her, you know, you, you might end up in a wheelchair by the time you're 18. And I think it took just a few months of going on a plant-based diet and she was fine. So listen, I, I interviewed this lawyer and his wife at lovely people and I was talking to them and they're like so preppies. They were from the Midwest. I forget, like maybe Ohio or something like that. And not, you know, they didn't seem like your, your normal, like uh, maybe stereotypical vegan, not that there is a stereotypical vegan, but I was talking to them. It was at a party and they were standing alone. They had just arrived from the Midwest here in LA. And I said, so tell me wh- why'd you go vegan? He said, well, they're both attorneys. They were prosecutors. One was a prosecutor. These are high-powered attorneys. Mm -hmm. He had a back problem. He had surgery. Nothing would help him. Nothing. Mm -hmm. His life was destroyed. He could barely even function as an attorney. He saw um, a film. I think it was Forks Over Knives or something. Mm -hmm. He decided to try a vegan diet. He cured himself. When all the doctors and surgeries didn't work. Yes. So what they did was they left their lives and they said they're coming to LA to try to help the vegan movement because literally it saved his life. Well, there's millions of stories like that. He's not the only one, uh, which is why there are tens of thousands of medical doctors today that are becoming functional medical doctors because they're going back to why they became doctors in the first place is to make people better. But rather than diagnosing and treating with pills, I, I do, I am hopeful. I see a lot of medical doctors going to the plantrician product. Many conferences around the world today where like 2,000 doctors show up. And these are Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Cornell medical doctors from and all around the world that are going to plant nutrition today. And I know a, you know, a couple of hundred of them really well. And they are um, educating their circle of medical doctor friends. But I, I see this, we're progressing, we're progressing, but we need to start grassroots to educate. And eventually we educate the major corporations that are producing, mass producing these very unhealthy food sources for us. I think that we might see wisdom from them, a conscious level of thinking. We have to be hopeful. I know I've spoken to a couple of leaders with these major conglomerates that do have hope, but in a way sometimes they're, they're, they too are stuck in their position. And um, I'm not siding with them in any way, God no. But we, you and I, want to see the suffering stop today, like right now. But that's not going to happen. But the best that we could do right now is a show like this is to educate everybody where they can connect on that level where they get it. So for me, this is on the environmental, the suffering of animals and the devastation of our land, of our air, of the pollution, our waterways, our precious finite resources running dry, being just decimated. And then this is uh, all of these amazing medical doctors that have come together uh, with great enthusiasm to be very involved in the most amazing resource styled book really in the world. So it's the go-to book. It's the greatest gift to give the meat and dairy consumers because they're going to look up, oh, the cancer chapter, 15 cancer experts, the GI. You can get it to read it. I mean, I think it's an incredible book, but and, and I, I want to give it to people. I do. Tiny article. So it's two or three pages yeah. per doctor. So. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is there are people who won't even read. You know what I'm saying? They won't look at the information mm-hmm. that's presented right to them. So we're going to talk to the people. How do you that work will. with those people? But there's hundreds of millions that will. And so those are the ones we want to change rather than focusing on those that won't. If they're that hard-headed, oh, I, I only have so much time in my life. I want to focus on those that have this innate of desire to want to affect positive change. I'm going to focus on those people. They become our leaders, and they affect positive change. What I'd like to do is take your book and send it to every important VIP in media around the country. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's send it to Rachel Maddow. Let's send it to uh, Chris Hayes, uh, Ali Velchi. Let's send it to all the people in the New York Times. But, you know, I have to believe that they know a lot of this because every so often the New York Times will put out uh, a line that says something like, uh, a vegan diet is likely best for the environment. 
a vegan diet is likely best for your health. Likely, you know, they couch it and it's buried. They know, but here's the problem. They've got a food section. I know this is in-house politics. I've seen it. I was in the media for 40 years. All these media places, especially newspapers, have food sections. Those food writers want to write about what they want to write about. They don't want to be told they have to write about vegan food. So even though the New York Times says, you know, hey, a vegan diet is likely best for the environment. Hey, a vegan diet is likely best for your health. And Time Magazine just came out with something about eating fruits and vegetables and nuts and grains is the single best thing you can do yes, for your health. phytochemicals, absolutely. So Dr. Cecchi is in this book. He's from Italy. It was really hard to find him, and he was really afraid to, to be in this book because he's a hormone expert. He's an OBGYN. However, you know, men have hormones too, so this is from into Dr. Cecchi. was amazing. But he talks in great detail about phytonutrients uh, and how meat and dairy turn on our hormones and how meat and dairy hormones in the actual animal tissue can turn on cancer cells. And he, he's a research scientist like so many others in the book, but he explains it so beautifully. So the fruit and veggies and nuts and legumes that have sun, sun food, food which grows from the sun, food that grows from the soil, yes, they contain the thousands upon thousands of good bacteria, of good chemicals that protect our bodies, that heal our bodies, that defend and ward damage, disease. And there's not a doctor in this book that doesn't uh, defy that. They, they are all on the same page that to give our body sound mind and healthy nutrition, there's only one way. And Dr. Bester Montgomery is a biochemist, cardiologist, surgeon here in, in, in Texas, who says eating meat in moderation can kill you. Because if you're putting drop by drop poison into your body, just a little bit of poison for each meal, eventually you're going to get a glass of poison. And so he sees the sickest of patients. He's got so many stories uh, Dr. Montgomery, of uh, patients coming in with wheel, in a wheelchair, oxygen, 20 pills of medications uh, where the cardiologist won't cut their sternum and open them up because they'll probably die on the table. So these types of patients go to see Dr. Uh, Baxter Montgomery, the cardiologist, and he puts them on juicing, raw mostly, he said to me, all plant nutrition, and they see results. He, this one patient was walking and then began jogging within a couple of months. Uh, so the results are there. The hard evidence shows. We're not denying that. But it's how do you get people that culture and those habits? Well, I like my steak. I get it. You like your steak. Okay, fine. But Yeah, um, I like my alcohol, and it almost killed me. And that's why I'm 24 years sober. Beautiful. You know, I liked my alcohol. I didn't want to give it up. So how do you get people to change? Exactly. Well, you know what happened? I hit bottom. I made a royal ass of myself at a party in Hollywood with a lot of people around, and that was my bottom. And then the next day I got sober, and I never had a drink again. That was twenty-four, more than 24 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay? So is the bottom that somebody has to hit when it comes to eating animals a heart attack? Because that's – that's a low bottom that they may not get out of. You know, there were some people with alcohol, their bottom is driving into a tree and killing themselves. Well, I think we have to give people the uh, benefit of the doubt that they're going to affect positive change before they reach that heart attack. But right now we're, it's the, we're in a time in our society where we have an epidemic of disease. The new normal is living with a disease, but according to so many medical doctors that I've interviewed, we shouldn't have any of these diseases. Epigenetics is the change of, you know, we think it's uh, our genetics, but it's 0.02 to 0.03 is of 1% is genetics. And we can actually change and mutate our genes that do have um, switch to cause disease. And that's a study called epigenetics. So we can actually change those genes to empower ourselves with excellent health. But for those that are adding poor health to our bodies by our food choices. I mean, we we need to stop right now before we have the list of autoimmune diseases that we can't seem to figure out to the GI disease, Alzheimer's, neuro diseases. Uh, Our children today, do you know two out of three children today, according to Dr. Robert Osfeld, 
a cardiologist who works out of New York. He's an amazing Harvard, Yale, and uh, Penn State educated. Stated that two out of three children today, age 12, have pre-cholesterol disease. I mean, that is a huge number, but it's related to their food choices. So it, it's uh, a disaster. Of course it is, because, you know, look, it's very simple. It's the arteries getting clogged with yes. plaque. Narrow. Yes. This is from Kaiser Permanente. I'm, hope, I'm holding it up. Plaque comes from cholesterol. There is only cholesterol in animals. That's Plant correct. Do not produce cholesterol. You can go and look at any vegan product and try to find cholesterol. It doesn't exist. It just exists in animal products. This is such a simple thing. Shoshana, how is it possible that, that doctors, I'm talking about the mass number of doctors who literally, when you go in with high cholesterol, look, I did a photo shoot yesterday here for a great magazine, and we had a lovely makeup lady come in, and the other people were vegan. She wasn't. And she said, but I'm interested in eating more plant-based. And she said, I have high cholesterol. I went to the doctor and he, he put me on a cholesterol-lowering pill. I said, well, you don't need a cholesterol-lowering pill. You need to go plant-based. And here, I gave her some plant-based food that I had gotten from Clean South, vegan uh, buffalo wings. I gave her two books. And I gave her, I also gave her some vegan uh, makeup brushes. <laughs> but nice. the bottom she was interested but the bottom bottom line is when she went to the doctor and this is the general experience they did not talk to her about her diet no they doctors told are not no so we also have in rethink food uh what they don't teach you in medical school and we've got dr uh goodman dr gregory goodman and a couple of other doctors still to them they're young doctors and then the older doctors still to this day nutrition really isn't taught they take a few hours in nutrition but that's not what a medical school teaches the doctors and it's still diagnosed and treat with prescriptions but we, we are seeing a lot of doctors go into the space of functional medicine and holistic medicine and, and going into plant-based nutrition there is that transition there's conferences taking place around the country there really there really is but it's a tragedy because we look up to our doctor for advice and we follow that doctor and my family members are I have family members that will not go plant-based. They're going to take the pills and they're going to listen to their doctor, which is one of the reasons why I wrote this because I got so tired of trying to convince so many people of all the information that I had in my brain, all the books that I had read, all the doctors that I had interviewed. I'm like, I'm not going to wear myself out anymore. I'm going to just spend two years of my life with Amy and, and I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to keep my mouth shut and these 100 plus doctors can convince you and set the record straight for you. And it's, that's why it's a great gift is you don't have to wear yourself out trying to convince family member and friends why you're plant-based. The dog. I don't try to convince family members and friends anymore. Here's the thing. We have 7.7 .7 billion humans on this planet. Mm -hmm. And studies show that when you know somebody, the more you know them, the more likely they are to take it personally when you critique them. So true. So yeah. I... Like, I dropkick that because yeah. I'm just a numbers game. I want to reach out. And I'm a numbers person too, right? Right now. Yeah. Let's just time. reach as many people. And by the way, the people are commenting saying they're going to buy your book. So that's good. Lovely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, look, it, it's like the flat, it's almost like we're living in medieval times trying to wake people up and say, the earth is round, people. The earth is round. And they're trying to burn us at the stake to a certain degree. Honestly, and, Jane, the way I look at it is, you know, we have to look at all of us talking about peace. We need peace in this world. Uh, we're in a society today where we're seeing a lot of violence on every level, but we're in denial about the violence that's taking place on a massive scale today, like never before. And that's the animals that are being killed. So I think it goes back to, uh, people denying or pushing it away because if we if we really understand the suffering of animals and you and I do and our audience does we don't want to bring that pain so many people don't want to bring that pain and suffering close to their heart because then we live it we know it you and I have cried many tears over the suffering of animals and with that what does that mean it means change what you eat change your culture change your habit how am I going to do it I need help so it's pushing it back. But to understand their suffering, 
I think, to really feel it and to know it, to have that awareness. So if we look at what peace really is, the ultimate intimate peace, what is really peace? It is, it's love and it's acknowledging that, that, that truth, that truth and accepting that truth to be non-judgmental, like, oh, we could eat that, but I'll pet this, my little pet, my sweet pet, but I'll put you on my plate, you little nasty little baby calf, you, you little piglet. I mean, how do we do that? How do we push them to separate categories and judge them? So I think the ultimate conscious awakening, awareness, that truth, that level of truth is a nonviolent world, and that's including the animals. Otherwise, that person, I believe personally, that that person is living in violence. Yes, I mean, absolutely. And there is a complete just shutdown. And, you know, so we look at how horrors in history happened, how uh, terrible things were done to other human beings uh, based on their gender or based on their color of their skin or based on their religion. And we say, how could we? How? Oh, I would never have gone along with that. But statistically, 99% of the people in those cultures did go along with it. And not only went along with it, co-signed it and, and looked the other way. And that's exactly what's happening today with animal uh, genocide. I mean, we are killing more animals in four to 12 hours than all the human beings who have died in all the wars in the history of humankind. No, it's absolutely so, heartbreaking. It, it breaks my heart. Uh, I watched too many yeah. documentaries that opened my eyes to the suffering and I was not going to disconnect from the suffering. I had to bring, I had to know, I had to have that knowledge as painful as it was. I had to know. We are pretty much done. Uh, thank you so much. Shoshana Castle for an incredible book, really wonderful. And uh, we will uh, make sure to have you on very often. And uh, I appreciate Pacey Trump and A-Rod from Voice America Influencers for making this happen. Thank you all. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.